Welcome to the My Why Podcast, where educational storytellers Jesse Mann and Kristen Travers discuss identity-defining moments with special guests. Inspiration ensues. So we are very excited and honored to have our guest and a fellow podcaster on our program. She is uh, sure to inspire and give lots of great information. Ashley Madal is a host of the, of the Canadian top charting podcast, The Glow Getter Podcast, a business coach, international speaker, and award-winning event planner. Ashley has interviewed some of the top female entrepreneurs, such as Natalie McNeil, Dr. Jody Carrington, Caitlin Hargraves, Jessica Jansen, and more. Ashley's energy is infectious. She will have you smiling and laughing while helping you ignite your inner glow. So thank you, Ashley, for joining us on this Wednesday. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I love podcasting. I love chatting. I love connecting with female entrepreneurs. So I can't wait to chat more more today. Awesome. So exciting. I got to say, it is so awesome to have a podcast expert on our podcast. I don't know that Mm -hmm. we're ready for that, but welcome. (laughs) We are going to learn so much from you. Uh, A little bit intimidating for sure, but as our listeners know, Kristen and I are all about getting out of our comfort zone and we're big uh, advocates for crushing those comfort zones, even when it looks a little bumpy and a little bit rough. So (laughs) bear with us. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You guys are doing great. (laughs) So the Glow Getter podcast is certainly a great empowering and inspirational listen. We absolutely recommend it, especially for women wanting to build a business and like Kristen mentioned, just kind of ignite that inner glow and find a life you can truly fall in love with. So we just want to dive in and get to know you a little bit better, Ashley. What brought you to this career path? Thank you. Um, this is a good question. And it's funny because quite often I like teach on social media or podcasting. So it's always fun. Like I don't talk about my story a lot. So this is an exciting opportunity. So thank you. Um, so Kristen and I had chatted off air not too long ago about my crazy journey of what brought me to Alberta and how this all went. So I'm not sure if she filled you in, Jesse, but I'll definitely fill you in and, and the listeners for sure. Um, so when I graduated high school, I was getting ready to go to college in Toronto. Um, I was determined I was going to go to fashion business industry program at George Brown and um, I decided to take this crazy wild trip before I settled down in uh, college and wasn't going to be going anywhere for a while Um, so I decided I was going to take this crazy journey across Canada to Alberta to meet a pen pal I had when I was younger and (laughs) it's the most random story we talked about how this could maybe be like a Hallmark movie one day so (laughs) I basically um, came to Alberta it was just outside of Edmonton here in Camrose um met my pen pal stayed my goal was to stay for a month or two just check out west see what it was like I've never been out here before and um, just have a bit of adventure before I went back and settled down for college and uh, so basically the long story short is that my pen pal had a boyfriend the boyfriend had a brother <laughs> Uh-oh. 14 years later in May this year <laughs> I've been in Alberta for 14 years we have been together ever since and uh, we got married four years ago this May. Unbelievable. Where does that sense of uh, adventure come from that you just pick up and, and completely change that path? It's a million dollar question. I have no idea like how it all happened. Like, I guess I've always been like, I've been a planner, but also 
go with the flow and just see what happens and be up for adventure. I always loved adventure and, um, and trying new things. So I was just like, okay, let's, let's try this. And I just happened to luck out when I came out here, I had a friend of mine that was like, I'm going to visit a friend out here too. I'll come with you. And so the crazy part of the whole journey is that I, we took a Greyhound bus across Canada. We didn't even fly here. We took a Greyhound bus. So I don't, I don't even know if I've shared that before. Um, but yeah, so took a Greyhound bus. It was like seven stops. We did not stay anywhere. So it was two and a half days on a bus. <laughs> not very comfy. I don't recommend it. Right. Um, oh, but, times are different now, right? Right. Isn't that the <laughs> truth? Isn't that the truth? So yeah, it was, it was just cheaper back then. It was like we were looking at such a difference in cost of the flights versus taking a bus. So you're we like, let's do something crazy. And so that's what happened. So then, of course, once I got here and I was like, now I got to tell my parents that I've met someone and <laughs> figure this out. And when I did, they were very accepting, but they were kind of just like, so what are you going to do about college? And I was like, I have no idea. And so I started researching colleges here and Kristen and I were talking about this. Um, the only fashion program in Alberta seemed to be in Olds, Olds, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> and that's okay. like such an agricultural town. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> So, right. and of course, that's so far away. It makes sense for me to commute either, right? So uh, I had to really rethink everything I was going to do. <laughs> and so when you're rethinking, tell our listeners a little bit more about how the path changed. Okay, so it really changed. So I remember when I started like settling in, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to get a job here. I ended up getting a job at a local gym that um, I ended up not recognizing right away, but realizing that a lot of the business owners in town uh, worked out at. So I started connecting and building relationships with all these different business owners. And um, I remember saying, to some of them, like just in casual conversation that I love fashion. I'm sad that I'm not going to fashion industry um, program anymore. What am I going to do with this? And something I had done back home and in high school uh, was I helped run fashion shows. So we had a fashion show in high school. So I always helped run that. So I was like, what if I were to create like a fashion show here and support all the local entrepreneurs that have clothing stores? And I tied it in with a charity. My mom is a cancer survivor. And so I connected with the Canadian Cancer Society and said, hey, like, would you be interested in partnering with me to run this local event? And boom, all of a sudden, like a few months later, I think I had the idea in May. And by that September, I was running the first fashion show for cancer out here. And I ran it for like eight years. It was crazy. It was absolutely amazing. And it really started everything for me. And then uh, the year after that, I was asked to start a local bridal show. So of course, you guys know, being in a rural area, a lot of people go to the city for anything wedding related. That's where all the options are. Uh, so I was noticing that all the brides in the area were going to the city. They weren't checking out our local businesses. And we have a lot. We had a lot of florists. We had a wedding dress shop. Like We had a lot of options here, but nobody knew about them. So I was approached to start a bridal show. So I started that too. So that was in 2009. And then um, I ran that till 2016 as my business evolved. So shortly after that, I started working with weddings and took on all kinds of weddings. And um, I ended up starting uh, event plan. Let me back up a bit. I started event planning business. So in between all of this and working on these events, I started recognizing I was loving events and I was loving that it was a different project every year. It might be like the same event, but I could change it and work with it and work with new people. 
And so I actually got asked to work for an event planner, a local event planner for a short term, like a summer term. And it was interesting because the events that I was doing, like the fashion show, the bridal show, it was very girly events, right? It was with women, with women business owners. And what I realized is that when I worked with this event planner, it was completely different. It was on sporting events. It was on concerts. Um, it was totally different. And I loved it. I loved the experience I had. But when my term was done, um, I was like, oh really love girly events. <laughs> so I really wanted to get back to that. So I was like, what if I went to school like and I did some online schooling and uh, and created my own event planning company. So that's where that all kind of went from there. And then a few years later, it was 2013, I started recognizing through all these events I was doing, a lot of them had trade shows. So the fashion show for cancer, the bridal show it was all trade show portions. And I was working with a lot of these small business owners. And I started recognizing this need, they were looking for more tools, resources, support, um, inspiration, but a lot of them couldn't travel to like the big conferences in Toronto or the States and, and all this. So I started recognizing this need and I was like, what if I made it happen here? <laughs> and so I started just reaching out and asking questions. Who would you want to see? Who would you want to learn from? And, uh, I remember specifically every single person that responded to that question I put out on Facebook was like, we'd love Arlene. If you could ever make Arlene Dickinson happen and come to cameras. I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> so um, in 2014, I launched the Empower Women in Business Conference and brought in Arlene Dickinson as our first ever keynote speaker. And uh, it was just from there, it's just such a wild ride. It um, as things evolved, it's just changed so much from one day thinking about fashion and all that turning into a full out event planning business and, uh, and then getting to work with female entrepreneurs. And then over the last few years after that conference happened, I started recognizing, I started getting asked to speak and teach on how I use social media and how I created these events. And I started realizing I was working with entrepreneurs more and more and more. And uh, that's where it felt like my, my path was leading. And so that's where I am today. We, we talk so much about choosing your life and not having your life choose you. You are a life chooser. You know, you just, there's no, there's no fear, which I think we talk about fear a little bit later, but you just shared, speaking of social media, a quote about climbing mountains. And obviously every event you're climbing mountains, this extreme change in your path, you're climbing mountains. So I think the quote was, um, how do you climb a mountain one step at a time? So what have been some of your biggest mountains and some of those big identity defining moments for you? Ooh, good question. And I have to say, I love the mountains. That's like part of my brand. So <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, you see, I try to be in the mountains as much as possible. So that quote was just so relatable to, and it comes back to everything we do in life and in business, right? Like everything that we go through is it's just one step at a time. It can be super overwhelming, but it, it is all one step at a time. Um, some life defining moments for just everything, um, building the different things. I think one thing that I had that really helped me recognize this is once I launched that conference and I started realizing how excited I was to work with female entrepreneurs, I remember sitting down and thinking about how much I love working with brides, but they were one-time clients, ideally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I always say ideally. Um, I've never had any come back for more than a <laughs> You never know. You just yeah. never know. Um, but so I realized, though, that 
I, I often stayed in touch and became friends with my brides and sometimes they became entrepreneurs later on. But I was feeling like this sense of sadness that I only got to work with them for this short period of time. And I mean, it was quite a lot. We spent a lot of time together and then suddenly it was over, right? Like the wedding was done yeah. and that was it. And then I was on to the next season of weddings. And when I started working with business owners, like I have business owners I've worked for with for years now that I've been coaching and and working with. And so once I started recognizing that and realizing that the wedding industry was also kind of burning me out. So one thing I noticed real quick was anybody that's in the wedding industry understands this, that it's seasonal, right? So now there have been a few years where my weddings haven't stopped. Like I've had them all spring, all summer, all fall. I've had them up to like New Year's Eve. I might get January off and then there's February weddings. So I was starting to recognize I was burning out with it because it wasn't stopping and there was so much and up to like some months, um, the summer months, I was doing 35 to 40 weddings. And I was like three to five weddings a weekend was like killing me. It was between coordinating, planning and decorating. And I was just burning out. And I started recognizing how, of course, I don't want to burn out. That's not my intention <laughs> while running a business. And, um, but it's easy for anybody starting a business to burn out because you try to do it all, right? You're trying to do everything. You're trying to figure it all out. You're trying to be every position in a business. You're trying to be like the salesperson. You're trying to be the planner. You're trying to be, you know, the bookkeeper, everything. And so I started recognizing that I didn't want this burnout. I wanted to think a little bit more, just be smarter with how I'm spending my time and where I'm spending my time. And what's also igniting that spark within me too, right? Like what's exciting me, what's keeping me going. And that's when I realized it was the entrepreneurs when I got to sit down and work through strategies with them, when I got to brainstorm with them, when I got to help create action plans with them, that was where the spark was. That's where I was getting excited to spend my time. So recognizing that I think the burnout was a big piece of it. Um, so you just talked about recognizing that spark and recognizing what you're most, most passionate about. What would you say to people that are in that, um, you know, in small business or starting that entrepreneurship? Um, how, how can they recognize that, what they're most passionate about and not burn themselves out? Mm-hmm. And that's another really great point because I actually talked to a client not too long ago and she's really trying to figure out where she wants to spend her time or, you know, what excites her. Like she feels like she wants to be creative. And a lot of the times we go into entrepreneurship because we have created a solution to a problem, right? We've created something that we're excited about, but it is some kind of solution that we're providing that's helping somebody. Um, and I think too, coming back, like, yeah, finding that spark, it, it's hard because a lot of the times we get bogged down by everything else, right? Like that bookkeeping and like all these other things that are to business, which can be super overwhelming. Um, but what I really like to recommend first is sitting down and thinking about where you enjoy spending your time. If you enjoy spending your time doing books, that's great. Maybe that's more about what, you know, you want to be spending your time doing. You want to help people with the organizing. Maybe you like, you know, spreadsheets and, and being behind the scenes and computer work and that kind of thing. Um, but figuring out and making a list of where you enjoy spending your time and then making a list of where you don't enjoy spending your time. Because once you start recognizing where you don't enjoy spending your time, that's where you can start building that list of delegation. What can I start to push aside, you know, delegate to someone else, not spend my time there because our our time is limited like we and we only have so much you know many time many hours in a day so much time in a week um why are we spending it doing things we don't enjoy doing i would much rather 
spend my time doing that and work through, um, yeah, work through where I want to be spending my time. So I would really recommend writing a list, making two lists, one list of where you enjoy spending your time and one where you don't. Oh, such good advice. So I want to come back to the fear for a second. Mm-hmm. How do you get past the fear? Because I think that's maybe what gets in the way so much and we do what is comfortable even though it may not be where that passion is that you're kind of speaking about. So again, you had another great share and I think this is a Tony Robbins quote, but it's not about the resources. It's about the resourcefulness. So like in this current climate, um, what are you doing to tap in term to tap? Sorry. What are you doing to tap into like new resources? And is there anything that's making you fearful in this climate and how do people get past the fear in getting things started? That's a really good question. And I think um, even the question of like this current climate, where I see a lot of people in, you know, feeling that fear, feeling that unknown with this uncertain time, what's happening. um, I think my biggest fear with that is that businesses are going to start giving up too quickly, that they're feeling that stuck. They're feeling that fear of the unknown. They're not sure what to do and they're going to be giving up. So I remember seeing not too long ago this article and I can't remember which newspaper it was, but it was an article from like the Edmonton Sun or Journal. And um, it said that 50% of Edmonton businesses are expected to permanently close after this pandemic. And that was just astonishing and scary and, and so sad. Like it absolutely broke my heart to think that so many of them are giving up and, or, you know, just let like the fear is coming in and they're letting it. And, and I know it's not easy. I know it's not just be like, Oh, you know what, today I'm going to get rid of fear and be good to go. Like, it's not that easy. Um, but what I would really encourage, and this is the first thing that I immediately thought of when this all happened was how can we pivot? How can we pivot around what's going on? How can we navigate? How can we think outside the box? And that is something that I think a lot of business owners are trying to figure out right now and learning to do because even just, you know, brick and mortar businesses, they're trying to figure out how to get online. Um, You know, what can you offer right now that's different, but continue maybe getting, you know, still selling products and services. I see a lot of them pivoting and doing curbside pickups and, you know, just different ways. Um, But I also see businesses that are like, darn can't do it anymore so I guess I'll have to close and I just it breaks my heart that um and at the same time it also could mean that maybe they're burned out it could mean that they're at the end right like they maybe it's not lighting them up anymore maybe it's not giving them that spark um and that's okay too if you start recognizing that right and um that's an important part of business if you're not feeling that spark if you're not excited to go to work every day if you're not feeling the creativity then maybe that just means that one door is opening or one door is closing and then another one's opening for something else um but i think that if you're just feeling that fear right now and you're just feeling stuck on what not like what to do next i would recommend think about like just take some time first like processes. Um, I hear a lot that a lot of what's happening right now is like the grief process, right? That there's, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot happening and it's grief of, you know, and trauma to our regular routines. It's not that it means grief that we've physically lost somebody or, you know, that someone's passed away, but it could just mean the grief of a regular routine, grief of um, that day-to-day life that you're used to uh, running your business, um, seeing your customers on a regular basis. And so taking time first to really process and let your emotions out, like let, you know, sit in the moment of it and let your emotions come out, see what, how you feel and actually acknowledge them. Don't push them aside. Mm -hmm. 
once you feel like, you know, you've done that, you've allowed yourself time to process what's happening, then start just getting creative, like sit down, uh, you know, make a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, have a drink, you know, wine, if you want, whatever works for you. Um, But sit down and just play, have some, bring out your playfulness and see what way can you get creative? What can you come up with that is a way to still, and this is what I like to come back to is serving your audience and your, like your clients, your customers, is that again, we go into business because we're providing a solution to a problem. So if we can do that, and right now our customers and our clients or our potential customers and clients are also trying to navigate this and pivot. The first thing I always recommend is find out how you can help them. How can you serve them better? And that was my immediate thought when everything happened. So I immediately reached out to my current clients first, of course, they come first. And I asked, how can I help you? How can I better support you? What can I do extra? What, you know, what, what can I do to help you right now? And how can I support you? And then once they were feeling good, then I reached out to my online community and, you know, maybe potential customers or people that are interested in my services and are struggling right now. And I said, okay, how can I support you? And so I built something around that. So I would really encourage any business owners listening to think outside the box, get creative, sit down, find, like, pull your audience, pull your clients, your customers and ask what they need right now. How can you serve them best? Sorry, that was. I I love that pivot that you are shared that post right away, and um, you know we've got a photographer in town, and her name's Marcy, and I'm a photographer myself, and I've got you know a day job I need to focus on, and and this right now, but it is so inspiring to see she's doing photo shoots through her phone and she's doing photo shoots through technology, and they're so great, and she's doing a pivot that way. Um, you know, I think of after you posted that, you know, I it got me thinking of how can, how can I pivot? And uh, my boyfriend is a uh, baseball coach. And how do you, how do you coach baseball when you can't, uh, and you're stuck in, you know, what kind of isolation and, and safe at home, as we say, and he's doing remote training. So it's so neat, you know, and, and is doing a bunch of different videos and things like that as well to send videos back and forth with players. And it's obviously his passion to figure out that steep learning curve because he's not burned out. You know, he is in his right area. You know, Marcy, as an example, with the photography, she is in her passion. She is doing that. And I mean, I got to say, it's got to be difficult, but they're crushing it. And so, yeah, I think that gives people a, a lot to think about. What are ways that we can pivot and what are ways that we can pivot and be way better off? Exactly. And that reminds me so much. I love Marie Forleo's book right now. I'm not sure if you guys have had a chance to read it, but everything is figure outable. And I constantly refer to it. You probably see it. It's above my head here. And I'm like, it's such a good reminder is that literally everything is figure outable unless it's by nature, of, like law of nature. So, exactly. um, right. Like there is ways to pivot, but of course, you know, as long as it lights you up, don't, don't do anything that's not bringing you joy and, and sparking that, that, excitement that uh, that spark as well right right and that's that's okay you know like find a different path like I love you say it's not a failure if you're having trouble figuring out well I don't know how to pivot right now in this climate if you don't know how you may want to figure it out and you may not and either way another door will open yeah. And I think it's very, like, we're very big advocates of, of mental health and, and just kind of looking inside and seeing what works for you. And if you don't have that ability right now, that's fine too. But there, there will be another door that will open, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, so you talked about what makes you, you know, 
excited about this current climate, which I mean, not not a lot of people are talking about that too. But I do feel like there's lots of like online counseling, there's lots of online businesses that are that are sprouting up. There's lots of things like obviously, Jesse and I, we started this podcast with like, people sitting down in the chair next Mm -hmm. to us. And then we're like, Oh, I, I don't know how to continue on, you know, and then now it's zoom, right? Like there's lots of things that we can do. So can you tell us what makes you most hopeful with this current climate right now? Oh, there's, there's a lot. And it's funny because there's so many people that are, you know, sitting in that uncertainty, feeling the fear, feeling the, you know, just nervous about what's to come, what's this going to look like, what's a new normal going to look like. And for me, it was just like, okay, so how can we pivot? How can we, what can we also learn from this, right? There's so much that we're, we are learning and what this is meaning. And yeah, just like what's going to come from it. I think the biggest thing is that, First, I took this, this time was that it was meant for the world to rest. Like I've seen so much online about how even nature, right? And like the ozone layer and all of these things. Like I felt everybody that I talked to needed a rest period. There was something going on in their life that they needed a break. Like they needed this like time out, like, hold on, we need a little bit of a reset here. And, um, and I think, I just think this, world of busy and this like busy badge that we all wear in North America about how like there's no such thing as white space in our calendars and like and it's the funny thing is is that when this happened it was so much of a shock to have this white space that's the sad thing right (laughs) to go from this colorful calendar to a white space calendar there was never a balance before for it to be the adjustment into this right it was such a shock so I think that yeah the rest and the rejuvenation part of it is something that the entire world need literally the world literally the people the nature everything right So I think that was the biggest learning curve for that. Um, And it's such a great time to reevaluate. It's such a great time to, again, come back to, am I enjoying what I'm spending my time doing? Um, I've heard from so many people, like women that are like, you know what, maybe now's the time I am going to start my business. Like now is the time I'm going to do something I love doing. Now is the time I'm going to get creative and play and see what I come up with. And I love hearing that because why not use this time for that, right? (laughs) There's no point of being bored. I mean, yes, definitely take time and rest. Um, But you know, if you're starting to feel bored, like figure out what you enjoy doing and start working towards that. The other thing is that I think it's also helping really, really reevaluate priorities for people. So I think there, everybody is going to start seeing just a difference in their priorities and their values after this, especially Um, just like the human connection, right? Just to be able to go and hug your loved ones and spend time with them. That's going to be such a big deal after this. And I think that it was an important reset that we needed. So we didn't take anything for granted anymore. Um, that there's just, you know, there's so much that we're going to show gratitude for after this. So I'm just excited for opportunities. Like for me, I love business. So I'm excited when somebody's like, I want to do something on my own and I want to, you know, create something that I enjoy spending my time with. I'm like, let's talk. I'm so excited for you because it's an amazing feeling to get to that point. And going back to like, when I first started, it's not easy. And I think that's where a lot of my path has also come from and why I want to help others is because it wasn't easy for me to start. I didn't have anybody that understood. Both my parents were entrepreneurs, but they also were in Ontario for a very long time. So they weren't here every day to, you know, work with me or help me or anything like that. I could definitely get advice, but, um, 
I found it really hard when, you know, there was other people that didn't believe in me or just thought, oh, it's a hobby or, you know, whatever. And it was just like, no, but I want something more. Like, I want to create something amazing. And it's hard when you're in it alone, right? It's hard when you don't feel like you have the support or you don't have, yeah, even mentors, right? Um, I searched for so long to have like a mentor to just be able to talk to somebody that's where I want to go and uh and do that kind of stuff so yeah it's it's not easy but i think that there is a lot of opportunity that's going to come from it and a lot of really exciting change yeah i know kristen's got the next question here but it's like just crazy how things come full circle so you're talking Mm -hmm. about mentorship and i think that when we we don't have white space then your life just will choose you because you get so caught up in that and so one of my main mentors in my life has, has been, his name's Aubrey Patterson, and he was my boss for years. And he would always encourage his staff and people that were, you know, directly under him to get some space in your calendar for sort of white space, get space mm-hmm. in there for research, get space in there for what is your passion. And he always really allowed people to kind of step sort of aside from their lane and see where they went naturally and then find a way to kind of build, you know, um, things that would be beneficial for the organization from a lane of passion for somebody. And yeah, I just, yeah, that was, thank you so much for that. That was fascinating. Yeah, that was really powerful. When you said it was a time for rest, I just took this big, deep breath because I I feel it too. I Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many people in my life that were so busy and I was feeling like that. And we talked about this in the podcast earlier about how we just needed rest and the pace that I was living um, was too busy for me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I'm comfortable. <laughs> like maybe it's too, like I, I'm pretty sure that my, my family is not comfortable with this pace, but I am comfortable with this pace for sure. But yeah, that was really, really powerful. And so you talked about like the lessons that you're learning from learning with, with this kind of climate now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very big advocates of learning the lessons in the hard times and making the tough times worth it. Mm-hmm. Can you share, share a little bit about some of your lessons that you've learned through those tough times? Mm, yeah, there's, well, rest has been a big one for me. I coming back, even like the burnout, um, or even just, even just right now to be totally transparent when this all happened, I immediately was like, okay, I like, there was no time for me to be like, Oh, I need to process. I just jumped into it. And I was like, okay, all my clients, like, how are you guys doing? How can I support you? What can I do? And it took me a couple weeks and then it kind of hit me. And I was just like, whoo, like I need a break. I need to make sure I'm resting. I'm so busy serving that I'm not really helping and connecting with myself and allowing time for myself to process. So um, definitely for me. And I love what you said, Jesse, about your boss too, because that white space is something that, nobody talks about nobody talks about saying you need to take time to rest everybody's like you got to work harder you got to go stronger you got to hustle like that word hustle is so much out there for entrepreneurs like you if you want something you've got to go for it you've got to give everything if you have a few extra minutes you go for it like there's no such thing as that right it's it's rare that somebody talks about that but I don't think that you can achieve as much without resting without having that white space Um, there was a quote I had heard not too long ago is that you might be able to run faster but you won't be able to go as long, like you won't be able to go as far. And, um, and that's so true, right? Like, yeah, maybe you can go, 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 go right now. But then what happens when you burn out? You're done. You you can't pick yourself up and keep going. You have to stop and take that rest, right? So um, 
Yeah, learning to do that has been hard because I think also like when I find something I'm excited about um, and I want to support and I'm like, okay, this gives me ideas. Like I, it's hard for me to stop. It's hard for me to take a break and, you know, go to bed when I'm wired because I'm excited about an idea and, you know, get that proper rest. Um, so that's been one of my biggest lessons is make sure I'm taking time for myself and actually blocking a day off. So like actually blocking a day off with no calls, no schedules, no podcasts, like, you know what I mean? Like just having a day and it's easy for a client to be like, oh, can I just need like 15 minutes of your time or, and then it'd be like, oh yeah, of course, like, you know, you're my number one, but I have to remember to come back and say, no, I'm my number one. I have to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And the best way I always remember this is like being on an airplane, right? And I'm sad that we can't be on one right now, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it comes back to that, right? And coming back to the idea of that, if you don't have that mask on first, you cannot help others. Like you cannot, you physically could not, right? And so I think reminding yourself of that, if you are an entrepreneur or just, you know, not an entrepreneur, that's okay. Um, But you have to make sure you're taking that rest period. And so that's been one of my biggest lessons is Mm -hmm. taking that time and physically blocking it off. And the best part of all that is not feeling guilty to remove the guilt because everybody like you could probably ask anybody right now and say, Oh, if you took time off, like, would you feel guilty? And everybody'd be like, yeah, I have so much to do. Like my list is so long. If I took a day off, like what a waste of time. And right. And that's just so common. Um, now I think of course, everything that's happening right now, people are like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I needed a break. It's fine. I'm good. <laughs> but I think removing that guilt is the next part of it. How do you do that, Ashley? Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. How do you do that, Ashley? I think it's coming to terms with needing it. Like I think coming and maybe even the first time you do it, recognizing how energized you feel going back into your to-do list. Because I know for me, when I take a weekend off back a few weekends ago, when I it hit me and I was like, I think I need to turn my phone off for the weekend. Like, I think I need to, you know, take a social media break. And I was really appreciative. My clients really respected that. I had a few messages from clients going, I saw you're taking a social media break. Don't worry about this message till Monday. And I was like, I can't thank you enough for really respecting my boundaries there with that. And, um, and I found as soon as I had taken that break Monday morning, I was like, let's do this. (laughs) I was energized. So I think once you try it and see how you feel after it, I think it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I want to come back to the run analogy that you said, which I think is so, so interesting. I think we get where we, we are just so focused on the end result that we don't even stop to enjoy the view. We don't stop to smell anything, you know, we're just mm-hmm. like start finish. And aren't we supposed to enjoy this journey? Aren't, you know, aren't we supposed to look around a little bit and enjoy different things? And Kristen and I, um, and actually, I don't know if um, you've heard us talk about this before, but what Kristen really taught me is um, legacy over resume and mm-hmm. trying to live and, and in those moments when you can look around and you can step off of the road and do things with passion and with intent and with purpose. And it shouldn't be just this bolt to the finish line. You know, mm-hmm. this is life is the journey. Life isn't to get to the very end as fast and as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. Exactly. I I think it was Rachel Hollis. It might have been Tony Robbins or Rachel um, that had said something about it. It's it's not about the end result. It's about the journey along the way. And um, something that I try to do, and I've always been such a goal setter where I'm like, okay, I want to like, you know, check the box. And I think a lot of people are right. It's like, okay, I want to say I did that and check it off and then on to the next thing. And um, I remember specifically 
like I love the mountains. We talked about this. Anything I, anytime I can get to the mountains, I love it. And um, I held a retreat earlier this year there. And I had this pinch me moment. I had this moment where I was standing in this beautiful room, teaching this group of entrepreneurs. And I looked out and the three sisters in Canmore were like the sun was up. Um, they were, it was shining right behind the three sisters. And I just had this moment going, I'm literally living my dream life. Like I'm literally in the mountains, like in Canmore, teaching female entrepreneurs, like getting paid to be here, teaching entrepreneurs, helping them follow their passions, create an action plan for their businesses. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just had this moment and I was like, I need to have more of these moments. Like <laughs> I love having these realizations that, that I can do that. And I think a lot of it comes from just pausing, like taking a moment and just like, okay, wherever you are right now, just like sit for five seconds, assess your surroundings and think about what you're grateful for right now. Like for me, sometimes that just means going and sitting outside in the sun for a few minutes and being like, I have the ability to do that. Like I have the ability to go outside and feel the sun right now on my face and, uh, and just really feeling grateful for those moments. So I think that's what helps when you're, you know, trying to enjoy that journey is finding that grateful, um, what you're grateful for finding that gratitude practice in there. Well, that is a perfect segue for and my last share. And again, like I, I love your social media. Um, you shared your mess is your message. And I know that's something that you stand by. So what are your whys? And why do you continue to do this? Why do you continue to work so hard? And you just, you know, you kind of got into that a little bit. But tell us a little bit about um, Ashley's my whys. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of this has really evolved. I think we're we're always evolving. Um, and I think as my time went on of owning my business and just from starting the business to how it evolved from working with event, events and weddings and then into helping female entrepreneurs, um, my passion and my why became a lot stronger. And like I became a lot more aware of what I wanted to do. Because at first I was like, oh, events, like this is fun, right? And then when I started recognizing like, okay, I can take my event experience and create experiences for these female entrepreneurs, like my retreat. And then, you know, I started recognizing how I loved working with women um, and entrepreneurs. And I think it all started from of course, where I started my business and how I felt when I first started it. So, you know, just realizing that it's a struggle. It's hard to know exactly what I should be doing when I should be doing it. Um, it took a lot of time and learning. And I know there's something that Tony Robbins says about like his story when he first started um, about how he got invited to go to the seminar. And it was a couple hours. It was a lot of money. He didn't have the money um, to really be doing it. But what he learned from is that and what I believe his mentor had kind of told him was that why waste 10 years of trying to figure it out when you could go learn from somebody that's already spent 10 years and, you know, spend a couple hundred or a couple thousand um, and learn all of that from them in a couple of hours and implement that immediately and be that much further ahead. And so I think for me, I was in that process. I spent a lot of time trying to figure things out. Like I wasted years of like, you know, just being in the hustle mode and trying to figure all that out. And so I really know what the struggle is like when you're trying to come up with this idea or you have the idea, but you're trying to figure out the how. Like that's where a lot of business owners struggle is they have an idea, but they don't know how to create that action plan. And um, that's where they say a lot of businesses fail within the first year because they don't know how they, they know the, their idea, what they're passionate about, what they're excited for, and they don't know the how. So I think my why came from recognizing I struggled. Um, I didn't have 
everyone believing in me. A lot of people were just like, oh, you know, it's just a hobby or didn't take you serious. Um, and I know what it feels like to do everything on my own. I know what it feels like to not delegate, um, to be like, oh, I can't afford to, you know, I, I need to make more money um, and not really recognizing that I was burning out or spending time doing what I wanted to do. That's, I think, the biggest thing. And so that all came back to going, okay, how can I help others? So, and I've always been like that since I was little, I was always like, okay, how can I like learn something to then teach it so people can figure it out faster and I can help them, you know, get things done quicker or just enjoy something more because they don't have to worry about that. And so I think that's where it's all come from with my why. That's awesome, Ashley. Um, Ashley, can you tell us uh, what's um, exciting and upcoming in your business and where the listeners can follow you? And subscribe oh. to your podcast. Well, thank you. Um, there's always something. My assistant actually gave me heck yesterday. She said I'm not allowed any more ideas for a couple of months. Maybe <laughs> <two years. laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just I love I love the creative part of it, right? And the idea of brainstorming and figuring out ways I can serve um, my audience. And so when all of this actually hit, I was like, okay, how can I serve you? What can I do? And I started brainstorming with them. And I started hearing all these things. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to create all these right away, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Um, so the first thing that's really exciting that's coming up is um, I'm actually creating a subscription box. Now, this is literally something I dreamed of for years. Like, I've always loved working with products. My business has always been more so about services, right? Like event planning, um, business coaching. So I've never really physically had product that I could do. And the funny thing is, is that later this year now, I'm going to be on the speaking tour, which we had initially talked about. Um, it got delayed this spring to the fall. Um, but around that, I had started thinking, oh, I could do like merchandise with this. Like I could create fun things that I use, create cute mugs and bring that on tour. And then when this all hit, I was like, oh, I need to get creative. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do like the merchandise online. Maybe I'll create like an online shop for now until the speaking tour starts. And then I was like, okay, how else can I like continue serving female entrepreneurs? How can this all work? And I have literally, I have notebooks filled with ideas of the subscription box for years. And as soon as I talked about it, my one friend, that's like a friend of mine since I've been in Alberta, so like 14 years, she's like, oh my God, you've talked about this for so long. I can't believe you're actually doing it. So the subscription box came from the idea of creating something for female entrepreneurs from female entrepreneurs. So it's literally based around the idea of supporting female entrepreneurs during this time and moving forward, um, but a way to get their products out into the world, into Canada, throughout Canada, um, and to female entrepreneurs. So it's like this circle, right, that it's literally going to be this endless circle of support. It's people buying stuff, people supporting entrepreneurs and products getting this or sorry, female entrepreneurs getting this opportunity to get their products out there in ways that maybe they never could. Um, so that's what's coming up right now. I literally announced it this past weekend. So just a few days ago, I already have over 50 people on a wait list for a box. I was like, this is nuts. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have businesses from right across Canada, literally coast to coast messaging me asking how they can get their products in. Um, it's going to be a variety of like fun home office stuff to um, like self care to like fun fashion accessories like earrings and necklaces and scrunchies and candles and notepads and notebooks and just like all kinds of fun things I am so so excited for and this has been something that's like sparked my creativity so I'm like oh how can I craft this like how can I create this and um, the the basis of it and the idea of it is supporting female entrepreneurs so that's what I'm working on and that's when I got told I'm not allowed any more ideas until after this <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's exciting. 
So tell our listeners where, where they can follow you and how they can subscribe to your podcast. Absolutely. Okay. So the Glowgetter podcast is on all of the podcast apps out there, such as Apple, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, oh, there's so many. SoundCloud, a lot of. So anywhere you listen, um, Androids, there's a couple different ones. So you can download on the one there. Um, so that's the Glowgetter podcast by Ashley Meadow. And then the best way to connect with me is Instagram. I find that's just such a personal platform that I can connect through DMs personally with people. So I really love that. You can also find me on Facebook as well. So under Ashley Meadow and the Glowgetter podcast and we will uh do all your all of our links on our on our show notes as well so um yeah so we really enjoyed having you hang out with us and thank you so much for spending the afternoon with us ashley we want to say thank you for being part of our kind of podcasting evolution and um you really gave us some awesome tips and we want to thank you to the listeners and um, for spending our Wednesday afternoon or morning or whatever time of day you're listening to listening to us. And yeah, so we'll see you again next Wednesday. Thank you so Thank much you for so having much, me. Thank you so much, Ashley.